0: Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25 and 26, I'm going to continue to minister along the lines of pleading our case. The prophet Isaiah says, put me in remembrance, let us contend together, state your case that you may be acquitted. That's verse 26, but let me read verse 25. It says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins Verse 26, put me in remembrance, let us contend together, state your case that you may be acquitted. Another translation said, plead your case that you may be justified. And, uh, so what the Lord is, is doing is inviting us to come and, uh, and, and to pray and to plead a case. Uh, and the language here is, as we've shared in times past, is, is really legal language. And, what he uh the prophet Isaiah is appealing for the people to do is uh is to come. He stated earlier in in his writing to uh the people of God, though your sins would be like scarlet, they will be white as snow and just come, come and and this is that same appeal, the same spirit, I even I am, who, who plots, who blots out your transgressions. And, and the Lord is reminding us that He is the one who's forgiving and, and loving and, and so tender-hearted towards us. And He said, it's, it's for me. It's for me. It's in, and, and you're the benefactor, but I'm doing this because it's for my own namesake. And, Then he will, he he promises us something. I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. Because I I blotted them out. Uh, In the New Testament, we, we think of, of this, theologically, they use the word remission. Remission means to remit or completely remove. Uh, In the, in the Old Testament, uh, there was the covering of sins, but there wasn't the cleansing or the removal of sin. In the New Testament, there's actually the removal, the remission of sins because of the sacrifice of Jesus. In the Old Testament, the animals that were sacrificed, their blood, that was a type of the blood of Christ, but it wasn't the blood of Christ. It was a type of the blood of Christ. Uh, it could only cover. And so there remained a consciousness of sin within the people of God. But with us as New Testament believers, because of his perfect spotless blood, because of Jesus' perfect spotless blood, there's not just the the covering of our sin. There's the cleansing of our sin. There's the remission, the removal of our sin. And this is what Isaiah is prophesying about. Isaiah is, is a prophet foretelling that the God, the God of heaven and earth, the God of all creation, is the God that has called us into relationship. And now he's saying... The, the the greatest desire that God has is that His children would come and appeal to Him and talk to Him and converse with Him and pray unto Him, and and He would be our God and we would be His people. It's always been God's desire. He's a family man. He uh, he that's why we were created. We were created uh, for fellowship with God, and and this is what God is is reminding the nation of Israel. Uh, about is that don't draw back from me uh, don't think that I'm holding your transgressions against you I, I am God uh, and I have I for my name for my sake I have removed them and I will not remind you of them and then I, I love that he says state your case plead your case uh, another translation said let us strive together uh, another translation says would you enter in and pray can you can you see the the appeal here? And then uh, another translation says, uh, "Come and let's beseech." Beseech is a, a, we hear that many times. If you have a King James version, where where Paul was beseeching uh, the Christians, and and that's that's like a, a strong a strong appeal. It's it's not a, a something like a, well you know. It's laid layered with emotion if you're beseeching someone it's it's there's so much heartfelt emotion in it that it impacts the people that's that are that are you're communicating to uh we've all been you know uh i think impacted by by people that appeal to us or beseech to us but and, and but when god himself is saying uh, unto us, I'm, I'm opening, I'm available, I'm always available, and I, and I want you to come. And he said, let us plead our case. And, and I've stated this, that uh, to plead or, or to strive together means to present your case as a lawyer, which is law and precedent. And, and for us as Christians, that means bring my word to my remembrance and, and bring my former works to my remembrance. Remind me of these things. I'm not going to be offended and and I won't take it personally and I, I won't kick you out of the throne room <laughs> because you're my kids. And uh, so he welcomes that kind of covenant communication. And, and I think as we become more comfortable with that, boy, we're going to just become uh, more confident that when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we desire of him. God is is so so welcoming and so I, I want to remind you that in Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30 I just want to read this verse to you and this is once again a prophet appealing to the people of God he said so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it uh, think about that he says but I found no one but the invitation and the word so is not insignificant. The word so is very properly placed in this scripture because the people of God were in that rebellious cycle again. You know how they would rebel, repent, be restored, rebel, repent, be restored. Well, they were in that rebellion cycle again. And he says, all right, so I, I, I'm I looking. And he said, I sought for a man. The word saw it is the same language as God making appeal in, in Chronicles where he said, I the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone whose heart is perfect towards him. So he said, I'm looking for that kind of individual who would make up a wall. Now that that means there's a breach in the wall. There's a gap in the wall. When there's a gap in the wall, these cities in in uh in in ancient times that was their means of protection. That's how they kept the enemy out. That's how, you know, they, they preserved their, their own people. So there was a way for the enemy to get in. There's a breach in the wall. and But someone, he was looking for someone, what, to stand in that gap where there was a breach and do what? Before me on behalf of the land. To stand in the gap. We would call that to be an intercessor to someone to be there that I should not destroy it. But he could not find one. But, you know, while that is unfortunate, at that time, God has found dozens and dozens and dozens of people in Scripture that he did locate who would stand in the gap. And we're going to take a look at another one of those tonight. Is that is that good? All right. Let's go back to the book of Exodus. Exodus. And let's read this account where God did find someone to stand in the gap, to plead their case, and let's see the results that took, that, that happened. So Exodus chapter 32, and we'll begin reading in the first verse. Are you guys ready? says, now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and and said to him, come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Now, uh, we know Moses is now on the mountain of the Lord, Mount Sinai, and he's been gone for a few days, and the natives are getting restless The natives are getting restless. Uh, Their leader is gone. And in verse 2, it says, And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. And then he said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And so when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Then they rose early the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And this is where Jesus is quoting that in the end times, people are going to eat, drink, and be merry. This is where he gets this content from. Okay? So, People have done it before and what Jesus said is people are going to do it again. In the absence, in the absence of things happening the way they want them to happen, when they should happen, the way they should happen, what they do is they take matters into their own hands, they form their own gods, they worship them by offering and trying to appease unto them all of these different types of offerings and so it's going to be in the last days. People are going to have just all kinds of wacky things that they're going to be doing because People are going to do what they're going to do, what they believe is right, in the absence of where is so and so. What's he doing? Now, we don't know, but we're just going to go forward and do our own thing. So, and they were just lacking self-control and, and insight, and it said, and, uh, so in verse seven, and the Lord said to Moses, uh, go and, and get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have, have corrupted themselves. They, have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that, I may, uh, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make you a great nation." Now here's an interesting, this is the Lord's intent. The Lord's intent is that these people uh, have, have hardened their heart and stiffened their neck. And those two uh, phrases in the Old Testament are used quite often. And, uh, and even Jesus used very similar language in the New Testament to those that, that, uh, you know, had, had, had fallen from the way and had forgotten from where God had brought them. And, uh, it, you ever had a stiff neck? Uh, if you've ever if you've ever experienced that, uh, you're, you don't see things. Your peripheral vision is really limited, so you don't have a really good idea of what's going on. And And if you turn this way, you don't know what's going on behind you. You don't have the ability to stand and survey. You can't see the big picture. Everything is very, very restricted. And what, what God is saying is because the hardness of your heart, the stiffness of your neck, you're just a real restricted you you put yourself in a in a horrible position. You're very limited in your scope or your sphere of what you're actually seeing. You're not seeing the big picture. All you see is what you want to see, and all you're doing is what you want to do. Can I get a witness in the house? Okay? All right. And and God is aware of this. Everybody say God's aware of this. God's aware of this. Aware of this. And and you know, God's aware. It, listen, you know, I think technology is great. I, I have a good friend Steve Abraham. You remember Pastor Steve? Steve and I were talking this week, and he says, one of the reasons that I'm trying to encourage people to bring uh, like a uh, a paper copy of the Bible to the church is, he said, I know there's Bible apps, I know there's iPads, I know there's technology, I know all of that. But he said, you know what comes with that? Bells and whistles and distractions. And people, all of a sudden, they're on their phone, and and then all of a sudden a message comes up. A score from the NCAA tournament comes up. you know, the market's down. That comes up. Uh, someone sends you a PM. And phones can can actually, while they can be a tool, and asset, sometimes they can be a liability in other settings. Can I get a witness? All right? And so that's why I'm encouraging people because you can mark in your Bible. You can write in your Bible. In the moment of inspiration where God's speaking to you in the service, you can circle a word. I mean, there's something very personal and beneficial about that. All right? Why? Because if... We don't, we can just go through the motions. We we can just, you know, have a form of godliness and and not a relational uh, aspect with God. You know, we can sing the songs and say the words, but our heart's not in it. And, And God never wants that. That's not why we were created. We were created to have this great relationship with God and that he would be our God. We would be his people, not just on Sunday and Wednesday, but we would walk with him and talk with him and, and we would gather together and grow and then we'd go and we'd do and we'd gather gather together again and grow and do. So I'm just about done because we're going to pray. You know, if you're hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and not doing, it's like someone that, that is is just becoming a glutton spiritually and you've got to go out and, and if you're going to make an impact, and God is going to be more a part of your life, if you're going to be an impactful person for the kingdom, you've got to go out and be doers of what you're hearing. It's the doers that are blessed. And, you know, I, I, I know there's people that sit in church services, and Joyce Meyer was talking about this the other day, that a, a lady who was a partner in her ministry actually contacted her and said, I've been praying for you, Joyce, because I thought that you lost your anointing. I've been in your meetings, and I thought there must be some kind of sin in your life because I'm just not receiving from your ministry the way that I did at one time, and Joyce smiled at her and she said, I need to apologize to you because the Lord told me the reason I can't receive anymore is there's no more room. You're too full. You've been sitting too long. You need to get out and work some of that word out in the world. Can I get a witness? And, and we want to be Christians that are in shape. We don't want to be sloppy. We don't want to be slothful. We, we, we want to be in shape. We want to be sharp. We don't want our nick." to be stiff. We don't want our heart to be hard. And, and this comes, this comes when we're what? Doing things God's way. Doing things God's way. We're talking to Him. We're inviting Him in. We're, we're not making decisions apart from Him. And some people are still in the mode of, I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do and ask God to bless it. And, you know, He's so merciful to a degree He will, but you won't have His full blessing. And, and I, I'm at a place And have been, I mean, for many, many years that I want, if he's got it, I need it. He's got it, I need it. No matter what it is. And let me remind you, God's got it. I mean, he's got it all. And there's not anything that he won't do for us. So let's finish our reading. Then we're going to pray. Are you guys glad you came? I am too. I'm blessed that you're here. And the Lord, you know, he's just going to wipe them out. And uh, the, now here's Moses, the servant of the Lord. And verse 11, Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, God, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you are brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? I love what Moses does here because God has not identified himself unto, up until this point as those are my people, he has said, Moses, those are your people. (laughs) And now, listen, listen, this is how bold Moses has gotten in his relationship with God. He says, no, those aren't my people. Those are your people. Can you hear them pleading? God says, those are your people. And Moses said, my hands are off. Those are your people. And why are you so ticked off at them? And why is your wrath burning against them to the place that you want to make them a French fry? And, and he got, to, he, and, and notice, I remember last week I said the Lord's not unreasonable when he said, come and let us reason together. God's not under, he's not offended. Can you see here? God's not offended. God's not saying, who are you to talk to me like that? How dare you talk to me like that? And what is, what is Moses discovered? That God, God, it wants a conversation. He, he invites us into this covenant. And then, uh, he said, In verse 12, why should the Egyptians speak and say he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. He's asking the Lord to change his mind. Would you would you reverse the verdict? I know you're the just judge. Would you would you consider not? Condemning these people, but showing mercy towards these people? These are your people. Verse 13, remember Abraham, Isaac, and, and Israel, or Jacob, your servants to whom you swore by your own self for your own name. And you said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And this land that I have spoken, I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever I love this. He's saying if you wipe these people out, how can you keep your promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Because your people are to be like the stars in the heavens and the sand on the seashore. And if you get rid of them, there's no stars, there's no light, and there's no sand on the seashore. I mean, God, you, you're a covenant keeping God. And notice what happened in verse 14. So the Lord relented. The Lord relented. From the harm which he said he would do to his people. I'm going to close with this. Your prayers matter. There's a lot of breaches in a lot of different walls. Would you just stand in whatever breach God asks you to and pray? Pray that his will be done. Pray that he would come. Pray that there would be reconciliation or healing. Or pray that there would be mercy. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. Pray that there would be the will of God done in those areas. Can I get a witness? Amen. That's what he's looking for. People just like us. Moses, as we would say, put his breeches on one leg at a time. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.